let's see here. <clears throat> that's that's the, that seems to be my go-to starting the <laughs> podcast noise is just me clearing my throat over and over again. Uh, let me scroll down to. Do you want me to do the regular intro, Derek? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, okay. if it's bad, I'll change it. I mean, I can just snip, Thanks. snip, snip. Thanks. That's that's the the uh, the confidence I like to hear. <laughs> Hello, friends and fiends. Welcome to Bugs Need Heroes, a podcast where an artist and an entomologist team up to illustrate the inspiring abilities of insects by creating bug-themed superheroes. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kelly. Producer Derek and Rotunda are also here. Before we get started creating this bug-themed hero! What is bugging you, Kelly? Breathe, Amanda. Take some breath. <laughs> you always say that like I like I, I don't just zip through that <laughs> intro every single time. Speaking fast is one of my super abilities. One of your superpowers? What's bugging me? Um, I just got back from a week-long stay with my in-laws. Oh, yeah. You've been all over creation this summer. It's been a lot of travel, but um, it was nice. But being with your partner's family for an entire week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a lot. Mm-hmm. Even if they're wonderful, it's it's a lot. <laughs> uh, I have a mother-in-law. We call her Saint Linda because she is like the nicest person on the planet. Uh, but yeah, a week, even a week, you just feel like you have to be on all the time. You're always on. Constantly on. And they're always asking me bug questions, which is great. <laughs> is, like this a, is this a brown recluse? Is, is yeah. this a brown recluse? My answer is this, always I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it has yes, it wings. Is. is it a brown recluse? <laughs> This is the first instance of a butterfly recluse. It's totally fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm telling uh, you, if spiders could fly, that would really change the the landscape of the whole planet. Well, they, they, their body plan isn't really made for that, but I think I would love it. I would love it. Uh, oh, I just mean the people love would go underground. You wouldn't see people oh, because <laughs> the winged spiders would take over. It, it would just be me and the flying spiders living on, on top of the surface of the planet. It's fine. I mean, they do balloon. You get babies ballooning around. That's close. Yeah, but I can still take care of them when they're ballooning size. They're True. not yet my enemy at that well, point. What's what's bugging you, Amanda? Anything? Um, no. I am the Kelly this week with nothing <laughs> you to complain about. Kelly really. this week. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm gonna start speaking like this very quietly and calmly. I'm Kelly now. Um. Why don't why don't you introduce our friends this week, Kelly? Lovingly, <laughs> <laughs> like Matt. Am, <laughs> am I N- NPR? I feel like I'm NPR. Yes. Uh... Oh my gosh, you'd fit right in on NPR. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, like, we this week. <laughs> this week on Bloodshots. <laughs> <laughs> well, this we do have some <laughs> some special guests today, which I'm very excited about because uh, I listen to their podcast. Uh, the Did you listen to the podcast of... while you were in the car for a hundred hours driving? No, I, I listened to an audiobook by John oh. Scalzi, who is one of the best sci-fi writers out there. Sorry, Arthropod team. I did listen to your podcast while I was running because <laughs> I ran every day uh, while I was out there. To so escape. We do have um, Jonathan Larson, Jody Green, and Michael Sparla here from Arthropod. Welcome to the doctors, and uh, what's what's bugging you? How about that? Thank you for the introduction and the invitation today. <laughs> I've never been so classically introduced before in, in NPR fashion. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I guess, Jody, do you want to go first with what's bugging you? Do you have something offhand? 
Yeah. <clears throat> <My mother. laughs> What's I, I'm at that age where my eyeballs are doing weird things and I need readers and I'm kind of almost out of denial. So last night I got six uh, pairs of readers delivered. Oh my, my God. Pairs of <laughs> but like this week, those guys saw me in my glasses for the first time. I've not been able to, to read things. I've had to stand behind people that are looking at their phones like six feet away. And so, yeah, I mean, I might be doing this to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's what you mean because I am the, old. The mom reading the meme look. Just, uh-huh. 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 Yes, this yeah. is humorous. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> you got to wear all of them at once so that you look mm-hmm. like a bug? Yeah, and then I'm going to need those shades that go over. Like, I already have contacts in. It's just I can't figure it out right now. Wow. Uh, yeah, last time I got my glasses, which was about four months ago, my uh, the doctor said, well, I could increase your prescription, but then you won't be able to see the computer screen as well. So Yes, say no to that. I could probably fly a drone, but I could not <laughs> like, see anything. And I work with bugs in... Yeah, I can't see any of those. You need that close-up vision for bugs, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The end of the nose. Yeah. Boys. Boys. (laughs) Make me go first. I just knew that you'd have something. I could see it in your spirit. (laughs) Mike, do you want to talk about the yellow-legged hornet? Sure. I guess that's bugging me. Yeah, I I got my first interview request. So. They found a yellow-legged hornet uh, down in Georgia. I don't know if y'all have talked about that, but it's another Vespa species related to European hornets, which are here, and northern giant hornets, which everybody called murder hornets, which are up in Washington. Uh, so I've just been waiting for the deluge of concerned people reaching out to me when they see all the other wasps and hornets that they see concerned that, no, this is the yellow-legged hornet now. Uh, but it doesn't have murder in the name. So like, I'm thinking maybe it's not going to take off so bad. Uh, we'll see. I have got one interview already though. Probably get some more next week. So we'll, that's, I, I posted about it on Twitter and like got my first interview and it was like a meme of a sandstorm coming. Like I can just see <laughs> on the horizon. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. Derude begins in the, in the background. Yeah. Like I don't know. Increasingly if getting louder. I don't know how bad it's going to get. Hopefully not bad. Maybe, so maybe it's bugging me. We'll see. They did try it. Try. They kept called the titles I kept seeing were murder Hornet cousin, murder Hornet oh, relative geez. in Georgia. Murder Hornet went down to Georgia. Yeah. Manslaughter hornet. I like that. <laughs> not quite as bad. Not quite as bad. Third degree manslaughter hornet. It's not premeditated. It just happens to be here. You know? He's, he's crime a crime of, of passion. Crime of passion <laughs> hornet. Yeah. My bugging me thing is bug related as well. It involves some caterpillar trials I'm trying to accomplish. This is a, a, a core of dirt and turf. Mm-hmm. I was hired by some companies to do some research on black cutworm uh, last summer and this summer. And it's supposed to be like the easiest trial to do in my neck of the, in my type of work. And they just keep dying. All the cutworm caterpillars oh. I put out, every single one of them die. And I've asked the site that I'm working with, I'm like, did you spray these plots? Did, what, like what happened? They're like, no, we haven't done anything. So now I'm concerned that this grass is like extra special 
and it's resistant to caterpillars. <laughs> so I'm monitoring them here. Yeah, that's a whole new study you've got. Yeah, here. yeah, that would be right. I would be like, well, forget <laughs> this. Accident gonna, I accidentally found impervious grass. <laughs> I'm concerned because, was it like two years ago, they said they, they pumped some sort of fumigant into this turf? Like they, they put a fumigant out and then they tarped it and had gas masks oh. on so they didn't die while they were outside. And I'm like, well, how long does that last? <laughs> yeah, it's not methyl bromide, Jody. It was, it was something else. Um, I didn't know if they had residual in fumigants. Uh, yeah, they yeah. don't usually. Right. So, right. Usually. I'm just being super dorky because I'm like, why won't my caterpillars <laughs> live? <laughs> you did something to the microbes. Yeah, they've altered. It's radioactive, probably. Oh, you're gonna get tiny Hulk caterpillars. Yes, I would love that. <laughs> they will be superheroes. Yeah. Or I will become Black Cutworm Man, which would be pretty lame. Cutworm is a legit name. Cutworm. <laughs> yeah. Here he comes. Cutworm. I am Cutworm. Give me your wallet. You got to lean into it. Just I think. Like I believe shedders. the threat is inherent. What will happen? <laughs> What are you going to do to me? It's at the name. Come on. <laughs> well, we're we're not here to talk about cutworm, although we we could, because um, <laughs> I'm happy to talk about any bug ever. Uh, but I think our our topic today, which I'm excited for you guys to talk about, because I haven't I worked with them for my master's dissertation, but not extensively. But um, cockroaches. So we're talking roaches today. Amanda, what are, your, what are your feelings on roaches? I don't have a lot here. I know that they, they're everywhere. The cockroach will find you. Um, but in the Pacific Northwest, they're just not, you know, you're on, you're not that far from New York, Kelly. I'm basically so. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're in the cockroach. <laughs> you, you've met a fella before. Whereas we don't really have them here. We get moths and ants and all kinds of other things but cockroach isn't high on the, you really have to mess up a place for a cockroach to, to well i'm up. sure you have native cockroaches out there I'm, I, you know, I know that we roaches do. aren't just aren't just the dudes that invade your home right right so they're around i just i you know i maybe this is this is just the media biases i just think of them <laughs> as <laughs> you turn on the light and they're all there you know oh and then they all leave um i, I know them from wally in infamous children's movie mm -hmm. uh, my one experience with a cockroach was in hawaii oh. uh, when i was a teenager it was in my hotel room and i just gently pushed it with my foot off the balcony and watched it <laughs> fall 30 stories to i i assume it's doom but possibly not because it's a cockroach it probably was yeah. just fine it was just like ah inconvenient that i'm down here now <laughs> So our arthropod team, have you worked with roaches or come across them? I'm going to interject one second. Oh, sure, Derek. Amanda has met cockroaches before in our parents' backyard. They had that wood pile. Oh, do you know Amanda's what I'm talking about, Amanda? lying to us right now. Well, I, I don't think she knows. Is there a specific story you're talking about? Or there just were damp that... wood termites in the wood. Oh. Whoa. Okay, so you're talking about that time we were all having a picnic and they all just emerged at once and we were all just covered in what I thought was termites. Is that what you're referencing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, or are you referencing that 
termites are social cockroaches. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Are you telling me now that termites are a type of cockroach or cockroach a type of termite? Termites are cockroaches. What are you even saying to me right now? I have always thought the termite was the cousin of our friend, the ant. No. This is my favorite part of the podcast where Amanda learns something new. Yeah, it's fun to see the face as this is happening. Oh, yeah. But but uh, Okay. So back up here. So, no, I have nothing to say because I'm flabbergasted. Termites are cockroaches. Who would be the best person to describe and explain this would be Michael. He's clicking around. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was <laughs> muted because uh, I was on iNaturalist and Bug Guide seeing what native uh, cockroach species occur oh. in Washington State. I was uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> you've Sorry. got a couple. Outside of termites, you've, you've got western wood cockroaches uh, at least uh, and some native termite species. Uh, yeah. So cock- uh, termites are cockroaches. For a long time, uh, up to and including at least when we were undergrads, uh, 15, 20 years ago now. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they were their own order, Isoptera. Uh, and so we thought they were related to but distinct from cockroaches. And when we started getting DNA work, it turns out, no, uh, they're not related to cockroaches. They're not like sister to cockroaches. There's cockroaches and then termites next to them in the phylogeny. They're like come out of cockroaches so they're highly evolved social cockroaches that feed on uh deadwood um but if you look at cockroaches they're related to this group called uh oh gosh now that i'm on the spot crypto 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 circus uh that are also semi-social wood feeding just straight up cockroaches they look like cockroaches that you would find anywhere else um, and that's the group that's most closely related to all of the termites. So it makes sense. They're like, oh yeah, there's the cockroaches that eat the wood and are social. Here are the termites that are just that, but like more so. So cockroaches and termites are related. Termites are cockroaches. That is unbelievable to me. All this time <laughs> they've been lying to me. They've been lying to me for 20 years now. I haven't heard this information. Yeah, there's still textbooks and people in the entomology departments that refuse to teach that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit salty. Yes. Praying mantises are like predatory cockroaches, or they're they're related to cockroaches, right? Like they're the next out group, right? So you say like, that, and I can see that because they've got the same sort of like, you know, the same gestalt. What? Yeah, they got the same <laughs> general shape and feel, <laughs> except for that they got the legs, you know. So that's just that's just a cockroach with some martial arts training, but <laughs> but but a termite is like a totally different shape in my brain. But shows yeah, what I it know. is a little harder to picture, but uh, it's cool. It's very very cool, and that's why using DNA uh, has been invaluable to to taxonomy. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, the first article I get here is a, a the termite is a cockroach. No, really, <laughs> from entonation.com. <laughs> we're not making it up uh one of my friends presented at nasber uh the north american bat research symposium and um or maybe getting the acronym twisted but she found a spike in the bat guano of uh cockroach dna and she was confused by this at first until we we talked about it and it was the termite emergences 
as they were swarming and all the bats feeding on those would cause spikes and those showing up suddenly i think it was in like june or july that's very that's cool. cool very tricky that's that's has there been other cases of that where we've been walking along thinking two animals weren't related and then we do their dna and we're like you are the father it turns out <laughs> <laughs> their paternity is in today on maury <laughs> you like are a cockroach. It's <laughs> like an ant and a cockroach, and then yeah. like the queen termites, like my babies, my hundreds and hundreds of babies. They need their father. So, sorry, we've got off track here. But I, I just wonder what else we're gonna find. You know, like I remember as a kid, they were like the pika is more closely related to the elephant than a beaver, and I was like, that can't be true. Um, but I wonder. You're thinking about hyrax. Hyrax. That's because our um, or pikas are rabbits. Are rabbits? Yeah, I think maybe mm. ele- elephant shrew or shrew are more yeah. closely related to elephants. There, there's been some whatever it was. Things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wonder what else we'll find when we when we genome all these crazy animals. Like uh, my son asked me what the difference between a crocodile and a lizard is the other day, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> One's a big. <laughs> semi-aquatic yeah like he was like but the, to him same general size and shape he was like where does it where's where's the difference come from and i was like you're asking the wrong mom you'll have to go ask someone else about that <laughs> so now that your mind has been blown about the origins of cockroaches what uh truly have you had any questions about cockroaches amanda i know i know your your boy loves bugs does he yeah have, he's been talking he's about a big bug boy um I think my only real question is, what did they eat before there was people? Because, you know, again, we associate them with kind of these garbage eaters, but that's just what they do because it's so easy. We make it so easy for them. But it sounds like the answer is dead wood for at least a significant chunk of them. Yeah, well, there's, I don't even know what the numbers are. I'm not doing Googling, but there are a lot of different cockroaches and they eat pretty much everything. I would think mm. they're pretty omnivorous. And I mean, I have Madagascar hasten cockroaches as pets slash. I can't get rid of them. So <laughs> um, they eat dog food and they eat any of my, I guess, scraps like apple, lettuce, whatever we put in there. So, I mean, they survive. I don't give them any water. They get that from their fruit, but. I wrote a bunch of this down. Because this is one of my favorite things about cockroaches. Uh, I would betray my comic book knowledge. They're like matter eater lad. They can basically oh. eat anything. Uh, book bindings, leather, taxidermied critters, cardboard. Uh, what was the other thing? Their own exoskeletons. They'll eat other insects if they get a hold of them. Feces. Uh, oh, hair, skin, and nails. Have you ever seen that? Joke? Like people's toenail clippings, they'll eat those. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I've got questions about why your toenail clippings are out for them to get. Well, I mean, I wouldn't just like sprinkle them out for roaches, but I I would experiment with it for chance. Yeah. Who is the person who tried to feed them their nails in the first place? I'd like You're to going to give them a taste for humans and then we're all doomed. <laughs> just going to all get together and be like, well, they're delicious. No. They got to go. There was one point that there were reports or something about the roaches feeding on like babies and cribs. And I think that I was interested in doing that kind of research, but it was not, uh, it's not something you could do. It's hard to get things. Like, it's hard to, right? like, hard to be past the roaches. Or just like, yeah. Yes. 
put a so what I need ham in there. Is babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Does anyone want to volunteer their baby to exactly. enable them by cockroaches? <laughs> it's like why we don't have a lot of pregnant trials because everyone, you know, they're they're not super interested in testing on pregnant women because then you have to test on a pregnant woman. <laughs> Generally frowned upon in our society. Have you heard of cockroaches eating bedbugs? Yeah, I know they are found in the same place. I don't know. I mean, cockroaches would eat the bed bugs because they've got the chewing mouth parts. Yeah, they could probably eat whatever they can catch, right? They don't, they're not distinguishing between different insect species. They're just, this is munchy and crunchy and I'm going to put it in my mouth. Cockroach. And I have known someone to collect their toenails, so like... <laughs> they're yeah. not predatory per se. They're like, they're, they're omnivorous, so if they could catch it, but they're not like going out of their way, so... Yeah. My feeling would be if you've got cockroaches eating bed bugs, you've got two very bad infestations. Anyhow, then you've got worse problems. Like there's got to be a lot of bed bugs and a lot of cockroaches to make that happen. It's not going to be a boom in the biocontrol market, I think, is the message to take home. Yeah. Derek said before that like by the time you see a rat, there's way too many rats. Like you're, you're already infested with rats because they don't want to be seen. So if one's out, it's because he has nowhere to fit inside of where the rats are. Is that similar for cockroaches? If you see one, there's automatically many? Depends. Depends? <laughs> it depends what kind of cockroach. So for me, um, so I'm in extension, and so the public usually calls me if they see something. And it's oh, usually... Oh, sorry, one moment. Can you guys explain what an extension service entomologist is? You want me to do it? Well, you're the one that you are all about the three corners of the land grant. I mission, do love the so three corners right. of the land grant mission, and I love the extension site. So every state has a land grant university. Um, some states have more than one uh, because of racism in the past and currently. Uh, so with the extension system, what we see is that the the states put these schools together, and they're supposed to be an arm of the university that is public facing and takes the research and education to the people. Uh, people pay taxes to fund these universities. And so there is a cooperative extension service in each state that is supposed to serve the public. Oh, very cool. Thank you. I don't, I don't know what ours is in New Jersey. Probably Rutgers. Rutgers obviously. would be in New Jersey, Washington yeah. State up in Washington. Yeah, if, if it's a blank state university or, you know, if, if state is in the name of the school, it's generally a good guess that that's your land grant that has the extension service tied to it. Unless you're Indiana and you have Purdue. Well, and Rutgers doesn't have state in the and name. Rutgers. Cornell predates the land grant uh, uh, act. So, yeah, there are some exceptions to that. Derek, do you, do you know which one it is for Oregon, Derek? Because we have two states. <laughs> it's uh, OSU. That's what I figured. Okay, sorry, go on. Yeah, so, well, in Nebraska, I'm, I work for extension, so I'm not in an entomology department, but I'm, like, in a county office. And so I'm with, like, in the community, and I deal with the public. So a lot of times in university settings where Jonathan and Mike are, they communicate with researchers, students, professors, and I deal with the public. So I get some really weird stuff. <laughs> R.I.P. your inbox. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I could probably relate a lot with Derek <laughs> and, you know, some of the work that, that I do, except I don't. Um, dispatch anyone or go really fix people's problems. I do a lot of identification. So going back to your question about, is, could there just be one? If someone brings in like 
let's say a German cockroach and it's an adult and it's a male and they found it like, I don't know, in a box, blah, blah, blah. I could, I could say, well, that could be just one because you, it was a hitchhiker. You brought it in. But if like you woke up in your apartment and flicked on the light and saw things scatter, yeah, there's more than one. Or if you're in your kitchen and there's tiny little nymphs, yeah, there's more than one, you know, because they, the younger they are, the small, the, the less distance they go from where their harborage is. So if you're seeing little ones, you probably have, you know, if you see a little roach, you might have more than that. Identification is key though. Um, to jump off what Jody said, I probably half of my cockroach IDs are uh, native wood roaches, the genus Parcoblata. And it makes sense. Like they live, this kind of gets at your question of what did they eat historically? Parcoblata, the wood roaches live out in the woods under wet logs and, and leaf litter, and they just eat decaying plant material. Um, they're just out there in the woods eating leaves and dead things. Uh, but Pennsylvania is super woody. And so they come into people's houses accidentally all the time, especially if you live in the woods and people always freak out. They see a cockroach and they assume it's going to infest their house uh, because your house isn't filled with wet leaves. They come in and die. There's not, they, they don't eat human food or crumbs or anything. So there's nothing for them to eat and they, they die. And we live kind of by the woods and kind of jumping off what Jody said about the nymphs. I found cockroach nymphs in our house once crawling on the ceiling. And I thought, Oh snap. Uh, I shouldn't have left all these dead leaves on the floor. My wet leaf collection. (laughs) (laughs) But I got real worried because nymphs, like you wouldn't expect to find wood roach nymphs in your house, but I took them into the lab and that that's what they happen to be. So my only guess is like a pregnant female came in, laid them, died, and they all died. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, 99% of the time you find nymphs, it's probably an infestation, but you should still... Get them identified because uh, maybe it's not a bad, maybe it's maybe it's not an infestation. Well, no. I think the the big association people have is that a cockroach means that dirtiness is happening. Are are cockroaches all that dirty? Like, should I like they don't? It sounds like they don't eat you or bite you like a mosquito would. They're just they're eating whatever they find. But are are I know the association is that they're dirty, but are they very dirty? If you were talking about German roaches, I would say that's like the most unclean species mm. that we deal with as pests. Would you agree, Jody? Well, yes, but see the dirty or the germ, it's more like transfer, you know, yeah. physically, mechanically on their body. So like mm. them as an insect, let's just say I'm looking at a cockroach, like I don't think on its own it's very dirty, but their behavior mm. makes them something that could be a public health pest. So they are a little bit dirty. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) I worked with German roaches for my master's dissertation. Uh, We had a colony. I was doing a predator-prey study, and um, uh, it was sort of a sensory ecology thing. And uh, one of our undergrads left the lid open to our German roach colony. (laughs) And they can climb any surface, anything. We found them all over the place the next morning. They had no problem. They're like on a window. They just are incredible for that for that physicality. Um, I don't know if all roaches are quite that sticky, like wall wall and window sticky, but whew, um, I did not. I would one out of ten would not work with them again. Too uh, <laughs> a little too tricky. 
Do yeah. you find that you have a sensitivity at all to roaches after that long of an exposure to them for like a master's project? No, no, no I don't. I, I actually have a sensitivity to mosquitoes now from being bitten for a few years from my doctorate, um, specifically 80s. Uh, Albopictus, I get giant welts on my body now when they bite me. And um, although what's interesting is my advisor, he worked with butterflies for his doctoral dissertation and he developed an allergy to their wings because the the powder and now he can't work with butterflies anymore. So it is the the cost of being an entomologist is the species maybe you love the most probably can't work with forever. The tragedy of the entomologist. (laughs) It's not just uh, insects. My wife has that for mice from working in a mouse lab. Really? Yeah. Maybe I also have it for people. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to deal with you people anymore. That's why I work with bugs. Um, So how how many different species of roach are pests that we find in our homes that are not uh, non-native, I guess is the way I'm thinking about it, in North America? (laughs) Yeah. How many do you guys specifically deal with? Because you've mentioned German several times now. Is German the one people think of when they think of a cockroach in, um, in media? Kitchens and bathrooms, German. Mm. Laundry rooms in floor drains, oriental. Also called the water bug. Um, wow. Dumpsters would be American, I guess. Grease traps. Mm. Steam yeah. tunnels. Oh, yeah. yeah connecting tunnels. basements, American. Except... The American roach is also called the palmetto bug, which sounds cute, but it's still an American It's a very cute name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And those, so where we are in some places more north, we don't, they don't fly, but I know they fly. The palmetto bugs fly into your face when you're (laughs) in North Carolina, that region, Florida. It's the state bird of Florida, I think. And then sometimes we we have brown banded cockroaches, and those are the ones I would say. Let me say, uh, telephones and picture. Oh, frame. yeah, PS5s. high and dry. PS5s. Why? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. why? <laughs> so why do they have that preference? That's a strange place to end up. They just require less moisture to survive, mm. so they like high and like really dry places. So if you get that roach and that's what's been identified, someone, you know, exterminator or whatnot would know, should know that it's like more a living area, look behind picture frames, clocks, things like that. So that's why, I mean, what Mike said, I mean, identification is key to figuring out what you're dealing with and how you can manage it, or if you even need to manage it at all. And then here, well, in Nebraska, the fifth one I would say would be the wood roaches. Um, We've got, I think we have a couple species, but it's, the same as what Mike said about them living outside. And those are the only ones that fly where I live. And so they're attracted to lights, the males. So that's why they'll come flying oh. toward the house. And, you know, with all construction and home building and stuff and wooded areas being cut down, firewood being brought close to the house, you know, you're going to have wood roaches. So I would say those are the five I deal with. There's other places that have like smoky brown and yeah. other things. So The Turkestan yeah. roach. Yeah. Australian roaches. Yeah, I had an Australian roach in my apartment a couple of years ago. Um, I had one Australian roach and two American roaches, and I caught them having I a mean, barbecue. I, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hang it out. And I caught them within a week of each other. They were both adults. And uh, I brought them downstairs in a jar to my leasing office. And I was like, this is what this is. This cannot be in my apartment. Fix it. Uh, we live next to the trash chute. So I'm pretty mm. sure that's where they were coming from. Um, and then an exterminator came in and we haven't had a problem since. But living in a, an apartment building, even a pretty clean, expensive one, they still happen. You know, if you've got a dumpster, you've got roaches probably. At least a little bit. So you mentioned nymphs. So what is the typical life cycle of a of a cockroach? Don't worry, I can edit that pauses out. It's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we know about pauses. <laughs> yeah. We all just stare at each other like uh who's gonna take this one? Sure. So uh cockroaches have incomplete metamorphosis. So like all insects, they start as eggs. Uh, and cockroaches are neat because depending on the species, the females will either just lay the egg sack. It's called oothica, um, and it's a little case that has multiple eggs in it, 10 to 100, depending on the species. Uh, and some species just kind of lay that in a protected area and leave it. Uh, but other species, and I think American roaches do this. I'm picturing it in my head. Do you know? They carry them around. They don't. The German cockroach. Germans, Germans. do. Um, so, so some species, apparently German cockroaches. I don't deal with cockro- pest cockroaches a lot. Um, the females will like kind of push out the egg sac, and it'll just hang out the end of her abdomen as it develops, and she'll carry it around. Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly like that. <laughs> and so it's a way for her to protect that eggs because like, she can run away from predators or you know, if parasitic wasps come along and try to lay eggs, their eggs in her egg case, she can like smack them away. So all cockroaches started as eggs, but even at that stage, species are doing different things. And then from that, the nymphs hatch out and nymphs, because they have been complete metamorphosis, look like adults, but small. They also lack wings. And depending on the species, the color pattern might be a little bit different. Um, so German cockroaches, brown bandits, again, they'll change their color pattern as, as they get bigger. So you can identify, depending on the species, uh, what stage of nymph you've got based on the color pattern. But they, they, it's not like a fly where you have a maggot that looks very different from an adult fly. They kind of look like little baby cockroaches that get bigger and bigger and bigger until they turn into adults that have wings and have their adult coloration. So you've got kind of three stages, eggs, nymphs, and adults. And something that you All guys right. talked about. Yeah, something you talked about on your the last podcast was, I think you were talking about, Kelly, like sexual dimorphism. Oh, yep. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so probably. Some of the, the males and the female adult roaches, um, you can tell them apart by, like, sometimes they have, like, wing buds instead of wing, like, full wings, or they have three-quarter three inch wings or whatever. But a lot of the females of the roaches that that I've explained here do not fly and just aren't able to fly. So, I think we talked about another species where the females generally don't fly, and I don't remember what that was. I think it was winter moth. Was it the winter moth? Yeah, when Caitlin was Yeah, on. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, the ladies don't have to go anywhere. The males will come to you. That is the joy of being a bug. I guess also the joy <laughs> of being a human. If we just go to a bar, the males will come to us. <laughs> Kelly, did you see that thing about uh, Spider-Verse 2? 
What thing? I haven't watched oh, I think Spider-Verse 2 yet. I'm still I know. Uh, there, I think Derek I'm put it in the worst. Discord that someone <laughs> asked um, uh, Lord and Miller if <laughs> if uh, Miles and Gwen start dating, is Gwen going to try and eat Miles? And the answer was no, because <laughs> she's a jumping spider. So <laughs> there you go. For you. That's very cute. I know you love a jumping spider. <laughs> I do love a jumping spider. They're so so adorable. We'll have to do a jumping spider episode at some point. Jody does a good jumping spider dance. Do you? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. This is perfect for a podcast. Where, 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 yeah, yeah. I. It has been brought up that we use a visual medium in our podcast, and so that's probably not the best podcast to use, but here we are. Well, it just means you have to go to Instagram to check out Amanda's drawings. That's all. Which is worth it. Yeah, that's all. You're a professional podcaster. <laughs> yeah, that was a good really segue. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Join us uh, on Reddit, well, let's... Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of segues, uh, so we're going to draw a hero here. Uh, the first question I always have to ask a guest is, do you want this hero to be an attractive hero, or do you want them to be a squatty little Danny DeVito cockroach? <laughs> Oh, Danny He's a trash man. He's a trash man. <laughs> Does it? Heroes only come in two types. <laughs> Does it? Pokemon have like a sexy cockroach? Can I say that on this show? Oh, you can say that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've, you've already said. It might reveal it. more it's... about you than it does about Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's right. Pokemon needs called out. There have been too many sexy Pokemon lately. Uh, it, 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 too much. We're also learning more about Amanda every day. No, no. I'm going to send you a bunny to the Discord right now, and you tell me that's not a sexy bunny. I'm sorry. These are the facts. Her name is Faramosa. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. You're correct. She's got like one leg. I I haven't played so I just have like the image of the the static drawing in my head. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Derek has shared some in the chat. What? Why? It's interesting because her, like her, their, her, its tarsal claws are like stiletto heels, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How is she walking on those jeans? Very carefully. Yeah, carefully. <laughs> yeah. Slowly. And the like, the wing cover is hair, it, or like long yeah. hair. That's cool. Let's move away from. Let's have Danny DeVito as a cockroach. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, Pokemon needs to get back to <laughs> animals. Less less bipedal human shaped Pokemon because it's it's weird. It's like that comic. Have you seen it? Where like you're sleeping with your Pikachu, adorable. You're sleeping with right. a Machamp, creepy. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> For the longest time, I didn't realize those were Low Punny's arms. And I thought that was real weird for Pokemon. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> But now Pokemon I see has it. gotten really inappropriate. Oh, I gotta find the official art of them. I will. Okay. I'm gonna send you that bunny later because I I should draw. But just know, just know that the bunny is. She's a Lola bunny, is what she is. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, what what I superpowers want... would you give a cockroach hero? So we've already said that he can eat pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. I think the the common trope is that they'll survive anything that they're just impenetrable a nuclear bomb goes off and the cockroach will remain how true is that really 
I did some fact checking on that before we got on the horn today, just because uh, that is something I get asked a lot when I do talk about cockroaches. And I have found apparently it's not true that they would survive a nuclear blast, but it is factual that they can survive 10 times higher amounts of radiation than human beings. So they have the ability to survive, I guess, is it more rads? Uh, I don't really know how you measure nuclear energy, but they, they can survive a higher amount than we can. But if a bomb goes off, they're going to die. They're going to die. Well, I wonder if that's just inherent in arthropods in general. If it's not just a roach thing, perhaps. That's a good point. So then you couldn't irradiate a cockroach for it to become the Hulk. They would just be like, that doesn't do anything to me. <laughs> they just brush it off. We're, like, we're fine. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a shame for the insects. They can't they can't turn into superheroes that way. They have to find other tragic They paths. can only transfer their superheroicness <laughs> to to humans by biting us. Oh, I would not want to be the superhero who is bitten by a roach and has roach powers. That's that sounds kind of rough. Although flight and super speed. I, it would fit in with the, the Marvel universe though. Yeah. Think about how ostracized you would be if you were a cockroach man. <laughs> The super speed is a thing. I mean, they can move, what is it, 50 body lengths per second. Wow. That is fast. That is very fast. And they can get into very tiny spaces. Jody has a really cool, you had some GIFs once in a talk about cockroaches, and you showed them getting compressed. Oh, yeah. That was a National Geographic video. I put that in my cockroach talk. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Oh, and it's actually uh, along these lines, because, you know, when I say, well, you know, you may have cockroaches, it may be hard to get rid of them. And this is why, because they have these superpowers. And then I talk about like how fast they can run, how they can sneak into small, tiny cracks and crevices. And then there's a, the video is of them running and they just keep lowering it and lowering it to, I don't know how many millimeters and they can still get through. And then they've got like some machine that comes down and crushes them and they keep running and they crushes them even lower and they keep going and going. And so I don't know how many pounds of pressure it is, but they can. I, I just found it. So I can <laughs> okay. say uh, they can, they can squeeze through something that's a fourth of their body height. So wow. you can compress yourself down to that thin. And also they can withstand 900 times their own body weight before they're squished. It's a good thing. I weigh more than 900 cockroaches. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm picturing we'd all be in danger. <laughs> I'm picturing Hermes Conrad from Futurama limboing under the <laughs> under the door. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> you, you have accurately depicted it. <laughs> I just keep wanting to say I'm the trash man as I'm drawing Danny DeVito as a cockroach over here. I'm trying not I, to make it Danny DeVito. But I was going to say, are you going to make it his face? <laughs> If we've got a boy cockroach, it could probably fly. That's true. So add flight to the list. All right. So we'll make it a, a man here. Okay. I feel like we're getting closer and closer to Danny DeVito as we, as we do. <laughs> so anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> That's my husband's favorite show. I've seen maybe five episodes, but it's constantly on in my house because he loves That's it. That's funny. Would you count Cersei as a superpower? Oh. Um, maybe. Yeah, why not? Butt antenna? It's kind of nice. It's useful. It's useful to have butt antenna. What are you using them for? (laughs) Well, (laughs) To know what's behind you. Wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
some Hydra guy tries to sneak up on you. <laughs> I guess Should that would require him... holes in your pants for them to stick out. Do you have a favorite species of roach or one that you find the most interesting? I'm partial to the Madagascar hissing cockroach. Yeah, so the Madagascar the hissing What's cockroach that? is the one that gets pet. It's a pet a lot yeah. of the time. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, it's at yeah. the petting zoo usually. Jonathan, I said, aren't you allergic to the Madagascar hissing cockroach? Yes, the tragedy of the entomologist that we were talking about before. <laughs> I do. I used to do a lot of school visits and outreach, and I had a colony of Madagascars. And now when they crawl on me, oh. they leave little pink footprints behind. And if I itch my eyes, my eyes will swell up and turn red. So I don't handle them very often anymore. Mike has a very cute one in the on his head right now. Look at that yeah. little guy. Yeah, let's see if I can get him to hiss on camera. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's fine. It's fine. That's what happens when you hold them in front of the, the mic. Actually, this is off topic, kind of not really, but um, the other day, my husband's like, there's a bug on the counter. And that's normal. Like, we. You don't just kill them. You put a glass over top of it and you just leave it there. So you just never drink out of any glasses that are just randomly there upside down. So like I look at it and I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably like I said, oh, it's probably a silverfish or something. I walk out. It is a Madagascar hissing cockroach nymph. So again, probably for the third time, I've uh, they've gotten lost in my house. So sometimes I have to bring them home if I'm doing a program or something and I have them at the house and then they have babies and I don't really know. And so the nymphs, you know, I don't know how many are there? 20, 30, 40. I don't know. I've always lost them. (laughs) They just get free and wander your home. Yeah. And I mean, I think they can crawl out of a place. that's like a, at the height of a piece of paper almost like they're so flat. I know. If you ever sell the house, you should put that in the, like the attributes. (laughs) Yeah. Am I remembering correctly that Michael lost a tarantula? Yes. In... Okay. Mike, didn't Wait, you? Didn't you? Well, did you lose a tarantula, or was that when you guys were trying to switch containers? Well, yeah. No, I didn't lose it. It was very fast, and I was trying to <laughs> upgrade its container to a bigger one, and it got out. Uh, and then ran under the center island in our kitchen. And it's a species that is fast and bitey and the bites hurt. Ooh. And so my wife uh, came out and was like, what What are you doing? Why is everything off the island? I was like, you need to help me flip it over. There's a tarantula <laughs> under there. And we, she was very upset at first. Uh, is, is, is fine, expected. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we flipped it up upside down and the tarantula was kind of like hiding underneath and I had to gently coax it out from under the island that was flipped over uh, into a container while trying not to be bit or lose it elsewhere in the house. Oof. But it worked. We got it in. <laughs> you know, God's bless our, our spouses for putting Patient up partners. with all the bugs. <laughs> I'm lucky that it happened more than 10 years into marriage and not like a week into dating. <laughs> I, I frequently wake up to jars on my desk with random bugs in it that my husband has caught 
in the morning or something like one of our cats is cornered and he'll grab it and leave it on my desk and he's like do you want this for to pin or sometimes it's just is this an outside bug or an inside bug <laughs> that's a very specific love language i think <laughs> it is i'll take it I will, uh, one time i had a he didn't even put it in a jar it was just in one of my um field nets it was a spotted lantern fly just in it with the net twisted on my desk and i said i, I guess i'm taking care of this now <laughs> that one <Yeah>. was pinned <laughs> boo spotted lantern flies yeah they suck although yeah how's it been this year in comparison to last year um new jersey really light at least in where i am uh, surprisingly light i don't know what happened uh Maybe they emerged too soon and because we did have a bit of a cold front at some point, but, or maybe trees retreated. I'm not sure, but almost none. Uh, Michael, are you in Pennsylvania? I am. All right. How's your lanternfly population going? Cause you're, you're like where it began. No. So I'm up in center County. You're center um, County. Okay. We've got an established population here um, at a business that deals in car and truck rentals. Uh, which makes sense, but it's the only population in the county. So the county's quarantined for that. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, I kind of got the same, like clients have been telling me like, oh, they're here. They're not here. What's going on? So I talked to the, the folks doing the spotted lanternfly research. And uh, the good news is now that like they've been established in certain places for a while, we thought that like they would feed on trees for two, three, four years and then kill the tree because they kind of suck them dry. And, and, you know, that's too much stress over that period of time. Uh, but it looks like it may not be quite as bad because spotted lanternflies, once they get established in an area, the populations get real patchy. And so you'll have one area where you get hammered uh, for a year and then they kind of move on to a different area and then a different part will oh. have a high population. And so you're probably just seeing like natural variations, like you're going to see ups and downs year to year now. But the good news is all those trees that get fed on, uh, they have time to recover in between high feedings. And so it looks like we thought there's, there was going to be this like landscape wide killing off of trees, but because lanternflies are becoming patchy, the trees have time to kind of recover between major feedings. That's great. Um, so yeah, it's, that's probably just kind of the natural flow of things now until we get some biocontrol released or some other long-term control methods in place. Um, but yeah, it's there's good some news. parasitoid wasp options I'd read about and, um, and birds are eating them now. I've seen birds, I've seen starlings going for them and robins. So maybe oh, interesting. We're, they're working them their way into the natural system, which is always good. Nature finds a way. My cat tried to eat them and he did not like them. <laughs> I think they taste pretty, pretty wretched to a mammal. <laughs> There's a reason they're brightly colored. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're not faking it. They're gross. No. <laughs> Amanda, how is the, how is our hero coming? Uh, right now he's holding an indistinguishable sack lunch and a half a sandwich. <laughs> I'm trying to decide what to put in his lower arms. If he needs a... Uh... Maybe a child. Yeah. Oh, you can give him a purse, like one of those Uthika things with a lot of little babies in it. Ooh. Many, many children. You know, <laughs> like 
twins. Is is reproductive potential a superpower? <laughs> well, his isn't, Wait. but maybe he picked it up along the way. Maybe he's going to eat these babies. You don't know. Can we talk about their names? Their common names? I was wondering if that was going to come up. It's up. Okay, well, let's talk about the common names. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a, a, a lot of the, the four most common pest roaches are American cockroaches, Oriental cockroaches, German cockroaches, and brown bandits. Uh, if we throw brown bandits out of the mix, there's three cockroaches that are named after peoples or places. And the thing is, those three species did not originate in the places that they are named for. So German cockroaches are not from Germany. Uh, actually, I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure almost all of them are from Africa. Uh, a lot of our pest species come from Africa. And so what happened, uh, I mean, John and Jody, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, these things get named because of racism, I think. Like, the, the we, named, we named German cockroaches because, like, the people naming them dislike the Germans, and it just kind of sticks. There is some of that. Uh, what I've read most recently, and I just put it in the chat box if people want to look at it, is that German came from the fact that Linnaeus first received one of these roaches from a, a county in Germany, and then he like reflected that in the name. It wasn't supposed to necessarily be an insult, uh, but that if you look at like names that people use every day for cockroaches, they do typically reflect, uh, I guess, nationalistic rivalries. Um, you, if you read through this, it's a Christian Science Monitor article. But they like you could go somewhere in Poland and you'll hear them refer to uh, cockroaches as Frenchies, basically, Francuzi, I think. Uh, there are other nations where you would have them be called Prussians because um, they are invading and, and doing all kinds of Prussian stuff, apparently, to them. Uh, the American cockroach, I assume, is because it has a McDonald's logo on its back. I don't really know. <laughs> where that one it's because it's. Cause it's extremely that's interesting because we hear about that um the joke is in pest control that linnaeus named them the norway rat because he was swedish oh maybe he is maybe he's (laughs) maybe i mean maybe he was a bigger jerk than i (laughs) reckoned (laughs) he was a man of a certain era so that is a very polite way to put it (laughs) (laughs) then he classified humans into different subspecies so yeah, <laughs> I think this is an interesting topic just based on what's going on with the better common names folks mm-hmm. at the Entomological Society of America. I mean, they've pretty much said that all these names based on geography are on the table, it sounds like, for, for changing. Which is uh, great. Yeah, yeah, it is great. And we've already seen it happen now with the spongy moth. Um, the Asian giant hornet is now the northern giant hornet. So I do sometimes wonder if we won't see German cockroach get pushed into this conversation or American cockroach. I don't know that they're as prioritized as the yeah. other names. Probably um, much less prioritized than places in Asia, which, yeah. you know, depending on what country you're in, the amount of racism and, you know, Germans and Americans probably don't experience as much racism as other right. other folks. So, I it, mean, it shouldn't I, be a priority. I cringe every time I do a cockroach presentation because I have to say oriental cockroach, and I never know how that's mm. going to be received just because... Yeah. It, it is a loaded word nowadays. Uh, I don't know if that's on the list. I, I, I wonder what will happen. I've noticed that Facebook, if you type, if you like just when a German 
or an Asian cockroach comes up in the Facebook identification groups, if you describe it as an Asian cockroach, Facebook takes that out. You have to, it hides the comments. Really? So, yeah. So you have to huh. use the scientific name or else your comment wow. gets, gets huh. pulled. Kudos to Facebook. Like one thing that they're doing to fight racism, I guess. <laughs> the one thing. They've done one thing right. <laughs> supported some genocides, but oh. yeah. this is good. And they want to fight Elon Musk in a cage. So, Which is I, I funny. Mean, two, two Very, let them fight. Let them fight. I, I am all for that. I mean, Zuckerberg's been doing martial arts training for a long time. He's pretty fit. I would love to watch that fight. And, He's also uh, metal. So yeah, I was going to say his, his, his robotic endoskeleton will <laughs> yeah. also serve him well. You're going to punch him and then, my, my gosh. <laughs> Although Elon Musk has that like weird rob liefeld chest cavity kind of thing going for him <laughs> that barrel chest it's, yeah he's yeah. a he's a he's a shape we'll just say he's that a he's a... <laughs> i love that you describe it as rob liefeld that is, i mean it's spot on but like that there's that really infamous captain america cover where he's just like nothing but pectorals yeah, yes very... that was exactly what was in my mind <laughs> This is the right podcast to talk about that. So, <laughs> you guys have a, bu- a favorite bug themed hero. We've had a real bug themed explosion. Derek's seen three bug movies this summer. Four. Four bug <laughs> themed or like bug super powered? Bug soup, whatever, whatever. Okay. And we're very loose with the term bug here. So, okay. Spider Man also a bug. Spider Man also flies. I mean, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, but I have always had a soft spot for Ted Kord era Blue Beetle just because mm, of the alliteration same. and his his vehicle and his little goggly eyes. I love his little uh, goggles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I've desperately wanted to recreate those and wear them in the lab, just, you know, being weird. But uh, he he was he always captivated me. He has a really strong outfit. His is very, very good. The Ted Kord Blue Beetle is one of my favorite superhero outfits. I did see the movie last night. And it's how my, was it, Derek? Give us the yeah. spoiler free. It's my third review. favorite bug themed superhero movie of the year. Out wow. of the four. Uh, yeah. So first is is Shin Common Rider, Grasshopper themed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's uh, Across the Spider-Verse. And then Blue Beetle. And then Ant-Man. And I presume Miraculous Ladybug will be fifth. You gotta watch that this weekend. Miraculous. But it's in the top five. <laughs> yeah. The top five of the five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all about lying with statistics here. <laughs> well, uh, Mike, Jody, do you have a favorite bug-themed superhero? I don't because I just don't. Jonathan can explain. I don't even watch movies. <laughs> you don't watch any movies? You're a movie freak. She doesn't watch movies. I've never seen her eat. Uh, the only things that she does is look at bugs and and walk around and like try to break into people's yards. She has yards been drinking water. Bugs. She's <laughs> also a Zuckerberg android. <laughs> <laughs> Give me no, the bugs. Well, I wasn't even on the you know the the Pokemon episode that we did because I don't know anything about Pokemon. I looked at that sexy roach and I was like, ooh, <laughs> get um, out of here. Yeah, I don't. Also do... a... What? I said, there's also a trash bag Pokemon. So like, yeah, trubbish. But yeah, Pokemon is off the rails with Pokemon <laughs> designs lately. 
get back to cats that are mint themed. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first the first generation had a, a bunch of eggs. That's true. That's true. Also, so my son has recently started watching Pokemon. Did you think Togepi is only an egg for four episodes? It felt oh. like a lot longer than that. It felt like forever as a kid. Yeah. Like, When's this egg going to hatch? When's yeah. this egg? And then it hatches into an egg. So it was kind of anticlimactic. Right. Very disappointing. <laughs> Can I pick? Can I pick a superhero for Jody to like? Yeah, what was Jody like? Uh, oh man, I've put too much pressure on myself. I was gonna say <laughs> the Wasp, just because mm-hmm. I, I like her superpower set. She's a badass. Yeah, I don't know the Wasp, badass. but I have been called a Wasp by people. <laughs> I would take it as a compliment. <laughs> I did take it as a compliment because I. She was just like, "You're. I mean, if people don't bother you, you're fine." And then if they bother you, you sting them and you sting them good. And then they hate you. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. My dad always said, don't get in fights. But if you're going to get in a fight, make it the last fight. So one and done. (laughs) Oh, yes. A philosophy I've lived by. You're only going to cross me the one time and then it's over. I can't imagine you fighting, Amanda. You're so nice and friendly. Oh, that's that's not true. Well. Oh, <laughs> let the Don't brother cross me, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> These knuckles are scarred for a reason. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, uh, Mike, favorite bug theme superhero? Oh, gosh. So. I read comics, but I don't enjoy superhero comics, so I don't know them too well. So I'm going to pick a deep cut that I think John mm-hmm. will laugh at and maybe nobody else. Uh, I'm going to go with Brown Widow, who was voiced by Nathan Fillion on the Venture Brothers cartoon. Oh, <laughs> surprisingly a number of, of bugs, bug-themed characters on the Venture Brothers. Venture Brothers. It is, and it's my favorite cartoon and maybe one of my favorite shows, and I loved... I love Nathan Fillion for Firefly, oh, yeah. uh, but I love how they riffed on Spider-Man with that character in his butt spinnerets. And so <laughs> like all of it was the perfect joke that I laughed about a lot. And so I'm going to, I'm going to pick Brown Widow. Perfect. I like it. I'm going to give that one a 10 out of 10 because that I love a Venture Brothers reference. <laughs> We, we do, uh, so Derek and I at Comic-Cons, we do a uh, panel discussion where we talk about the super superpowers of, of Spider-Man um, is one of our talks. We're going to do one in Rose City coming up in September called Wolverine Stone Howl. And we discuss the sort of the animal analog abilities to what the heroes have. It's very fun. But for our Spider-Man talk, we definitely mentioned butt spinnerets are the <laughs> the way Peter Parker should be doing things, but <laughs> especially in the Raimi movies, right? Like if you're gonna go biological, yeah, the webs, they got to be coming out the right spot. Yeah. But it, I imagine it'd be very difficult to swing that way with your body kind of limp and you know <laughs> a lot of somersaults. Heroes find a way. <laughs> yeah. With great power comes great but responsibility. <laughs> Did we have any? I know we had a couple listener questions. Where uh, are those? There those in. Are they in the uh, Discord? Yeah, if you open the the live recording chat, I'll throw those in for you. Thank you. Derek helps us keep organized. <laughs> That's what a producer does. Yeah, 
he's great. He makes me sound smart, which I really appreciate. Uh. <laughs> we do have a few listener questions. Oh, this one, I this question I get a lot about a lot of bugs. How can people get over their fears of cockroaches and other bugs? I've used the Madagascar hissing cockroach in a couple of those situations. I forget what it's called. What's Exposure the therapy. Yeah. Exposure therapy, yeah. Exposure like... therapy, yeah. <laughs> um, just keep going to bug zoos. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Oregon has a new bug zoo, and ours is pretty good. Yeah. Seeing pictures first, seeing them in real life, if you want to touch them, and then holding them, and maybe even like some macro photography, you know, it's, it's helped people look at things. And also like not all the pesty ones look at some really pretty insects, colorful insects. Avoid Blabberus giganteus. Blabberus giganteus. What is that? Giant cockroach. <laughs> How big is it, Jody? Oh, it's, Four inches. it's big. I, so uh, when I was in college, what part of my assistantship was actually taking care of the exotic cockroach colonies. And so there was this room, kind of pictured like a giant walk-in cooler, but it wasn't cool. It was kind of warm. But inside, there was shelves with five-gallon buckets. And each of those five-gallon buckets had kind of like wood chips at the bottom and then cardboard rolled up. And then we would have like, we called it rat chow. Uh, dry pellets for, for food and then like a little watering container with like, this cotton wick. So they had food and water and there would just be all different kinds of roaches just in case anyone needed to do research and needed like a Florida wood roach or, uh, oh, right. you know, different di lobster roaches, all these different things. And so my job was to take care of them, uh, freeze some if we had too much population, but I could identify them by the way they smelled oh boy <laughs> there was just so many of them i don't think they have them anymore but um i lost track of the question what am i even talking about <laughs> <laughs> how do you like bugs how do you learn to like them oh yeah so be like be being around them. right i don't even know where i got i've gone that thing then um I think in Jody and I's experience, we've often gotten comments like we we've done a few things together where it was like just talking about our love for bugs. Mm -hmm. Remember uh, Bugs and Bourbon Night uh, that we did in that bar? And it's like there were people there that they liked bugs. And then there were other people that showed up because they're like, this sounds really weird. Uh, I'm going to watch these two weirdos be weird and drink and have fun. And at the end, they, they said they felt different about insects. So I think like that's joining great. entomologists at weird things that you see in your local community, like go to a bug bowl or go to a bug fest. Um, if you're truly afraid, I, I don't know that that's a great <laughs> strategy because like fear is hard to get over even with exposure therapy. So you might want like some help, uh, maybe talking to a therapist if it's a true like phobia and things phobia, like that. Yeah. yeah. But if you're just squeamish about them, I think having somebody like excited and passionate about them explain why like no actually this is amazing like sure it scurries but like it can eat anything and look at all their babies they're kind of cute uh it kind of <laughs> breaks down that wall a little bit yeah i, I think, think it's very great. excited yeah <laughs> me too Jenny, me too 
there's some, I mean, there's some like gateway bugs too that are less scary. So like lightning bugs, certain, like some people hate moths, but um, some butterflies, some cool beetles, something, uh, cicadas. Like when you have the exoskeleton, a lot of times like that could be a gateway into curiosity for mm-hmm. for kids and other people, you know, because it's there's nothing living it anymore. You learn about the life cycle. Mm-hmm. So then it's more interesting. So I guess for me, you know, I'll, my background is pest management and that's what people call me for. But hopefully there's also like a certain respect or appreciation because even with cockroaches, as gross as people think they are, there's some really fascinating things about cockroaches. And not all cockroaches are like brown. There are some really beautiful cockroaches, you know, of the, I don't know how many thousands in the world. And like, they are like superheroes. They have some really, really cool adaptations and, you know, things that keep the, like that allow them to survive for the, this long. So, right. Yeah, and that's that's that enthusiasm. You are like brimming with cockroach love right now, and uh, it it does it helps people be into it. Uh, I love showing my friends' kids all the bugs in their yard, and now they bring them to me. Aunt Kelly, what's this bug? Or we had a I mentioned this in one episode, but we had a funeral for a spider that my my little buddy had found, my friend's son, and we talked about how spiders live and. He was worried that the spider's family would be sad. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. But it, it's just that enthusiasm. It's that brightness about insects. And and I think reminding people that they're animals. Mm-hmm. They're an animal and they're a living thing and they have a nervous system and they have a life and we should be respectful and, and also interested because they're a lot more interesting than humans. <laughs> We're pretty boring as far as animals go. (laughs) Our superpowers are sweating and uh, uh, what is it? Following things until they're exhausted, basically. Yes, correct. Close predator. I I think it helps to have kids around too. Like in my experience, if kids are enthused about bugs and touching bugs, the parents will. And I've had parents walk up like, ah, you're disgusting. Like, why are you doing that? And then their kid pets all the stuff. And then they're like, well, I I have to do it too now because... (laughs) I don't want to get showed up by my kids. So I do think it helps sometimes to have that childlike wonder in the atmosphere. Oh, definitely. Cause it is kind of learned, right? Like, it, oh. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So just to have a, a role model or someone there with someone, if they're afraid to be with someone who's, who's not and could just calm them down and make sure, you know, like you don't, we never push things on people. Like you need to hold this. Right. So it's like, you don't, you don't have to like, you don't have to like it. Not, you know, the cool thing about, you know, bugs is that there's like a million, millions. So you can't yeah. hate them all. You don't have to love them all, but let's try to respect them, you know, and that they're part of the ecosystem. And, right. you know, there's a reason usually why people have these pest cockroaches. So, you know, deal with the conducive conditions mm-hmm. for the reason why this cockroach got into your home, you know, not don't, don't burn it's not their fault. Yeah. Well, I, I get the question all the time. Um, if we removed all mosquitoes from the world, would this be a bad thing? Which which is like sand in my underwear. I can't I can't stand that question. <laughs> but for you guys, <laughs> and I'm picture me like Anakin. I hate sand in this situation. It's not good. Uh, mm-hmm. 
But if we removed all cockroaches, would that be a bad thing? Like if we extend this question out to other species. So if every cockroach on the planet were gone, what would that do? Be a tragedy. I think Mm -hmm. it would be bad. I mean, they're a a natural part of the decomposition system or cycle on our planet. Um, If if you go out into the woods, they're breaking stuff down and returning nutrients to nature, just like dung beetles and all the cerambicids and everything else that are out there. Lots of things eat them. Uh, I, I hate when that's like the sole reason for something to exist, but like it is important. They're, mm-hmm. they're a huge wad of protein for lots of different animals out there. Well, breaking things down, like termites are cockroaches. So in like forest systems around here, you would have just have a huge buildup of woody debris on the forest floor because those termites aren't breaking them down and then you've got like all kinds of fuel for forest fires so like yeah they break down leaf litter but the termites are breaking down uh wood and if you go to places like africa where they're not feeding on wood they're feeding on things like grasses uh you would totally change the ecosystems if we removed all of them there would perhaps be more horrifying fungi out there (laughs) the trees would be rotting all around us that's the real take home. Fungi terrifying. Let's just keep their levels yeah. down as much as possible. They know no gods. No. The fungi. They're not they, to be trusted. They are the gods. They live underground. They're going to last of us, all of us, at any given moment. Uh, listener jo- Joanna wanted to know about cockroaches surviving house fires. Is that a, a thing? I mean, you just said that like our woods would be covered in in debris if we didn't have the cockroach termites. So, do they survive forest fires or house fires? Cockroaches? I've never heard this question before. <laughs> yeah, I've heard, really? I've heard many many cockroach like the nuclear thing and cutting their head off thing but i've never mm-hmm. had anybody say oh if i burn my house down will they survive i'm gonna say no like they'll burn just like anything else they might they would leave. Yeah. yeah i think that they yeah, would, would just be like oh it's too hot let's go i would not recommend that as a management <laughs> that's a bad management technique fire and gasoline should never be a part of your out. pest control strategy program i would argue Mm-mm. Maybe not never. You can do some weed control with like (laughs) propane propelled flamethrowers that are on the back of a tractor. Like that is an IPM textbook. So I don't want to say never, but, but your wasp nest. I was going to say Dr. Ped said that they had some grasses that they had to burn down. Yeah. That was the only way to get rid of them. Maybe if it's got legs, don't use fire. Is that, is that yeah, a good piece fair. of advice? Uh, if you click, <laughs> if it's got a nervous oh, system. Okay, fair enough, fair yeah. we've, we've taken quite a bit of your time, so we want to be respectful of that. Um, there was one question or one topic I wanted to kind of touch on real quick, and that's nuptial gifts. Because there was that, uh, think about the, the German roaches. Can you guys talk about that? Um, I yeah. don't really. Okay, Mike. Sorry, I know a little bit about this. Um, Yeah, so cockroaches, like some other insects, give nuptial gifts. So broadly, a nuptial gift is when a a male insect or spider typically uh, has something to give to a female during mating. Uh, Oftentimes it's food, so predatory insects. Spiders will bring nuptial gifts for females. They feed on that food instead of the male spider, and that lets them mate. Praying mantises, you could think of a male being eaten as giving himself as a nuptial gift. Um, Oftentimes, these nuptial gifts are full of protein and uh, 
energy and and things that the female needs to make more or better eggs. And so the male, by bringing this gift to her and giving her this this food, ensures like not only his survival if it's a predatory species, but also like that his progeny are going to be better because he's giving the female like something to make better eggs with. Uh, some groups, um, like some of the hanging flies, have gotten so far they'll just spin a silk ball that has nothing in it and present that as a nuptial gift. Um, so there, yeah, there's some. Well, it, it, it probably <laughs> evolved. <laughs> it probably evolved out of giving a real thing and then just kind of turned into these silk balls. Uh, cockroaches do this, at least some species. And so, uh, certain species, the males will secrete like an oily, protein rich secretion from under their wings. And so, when they mate, they'll open their wings up and the female will feed on that secretion while they're mating. And it's got protein and, and other things in it that she needs to make her eggs. Um, and this, his, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John and Jody, um, this has gotten into or affected mating because of pest control. So in certain pest species, and I think German cockroaches is the one that we know the most about, we use baits uh, and we, we poison the baits. The cockroaches come along, eat the baits and die. Um, but there are always some individuals in a population that won't feed on those baits. And so they, they develop, they evolve an aversion to those baits because they're the only ones that survive. And what happened in German roaches mm. is the sugar base that we use, uh, that they've developed an aversion to is very similar mm. in chemical structure to the nuptial gifts that the males give. And so because they're avoiding the baits to survive, they are having this weird aversion to mating in nuptial gifts. And so there's a, a kind of a, we're messing that system up too. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. fascinating. It's a glucose aversion. And so it's the sugary taste of the, the secretion that the male makes. The females are now averse to the glucose that's in that as well. So they're not, they're rejecting their advances. Right. Well, We've Why did you let me go on that rant when you know what's going on? <laughs> you, you, you said it all. You you laid it out. It's just it was. It's less protein. It's more glue. It's sugar. Okay. Uh, okay. So it's, we destroyed it's the candy industry and cockroaches. Yeah, we the did. Valentine's <laughs> the candy chocolate industry, industry is flailing. We're essentially cock blocking roaches. Dar sorry, Derek. Yeah. I probably have to bleep that, but yeah. <laughs> he comes with his roses and his chocolates. He's like, "Hey, babes," and she's like, "Are you trying to kill me right now? Get out of here." <laughs> So do you know then, like, how do they mate if if there's an aversion to the nuptial gift? Like, it still happens, obviously. Scrubs just at are, lower rates? Are, are getting it. <laughs> scrubs. She's like, I don't want no scrub. Suddenly the scrubs. Gosh, I'm going to be try. listening to TLC all <laughs> Scrubs are making strong financial choices. I guess some females are saying yes, even without the nuptial gift. It becomes unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Maybe the urge to mate is stronger than the urge to receive the gift. Yeah. Or she just goes, thanks, and just puts it aside. <laughs> and then. <laughs> I love chocolate. I love this. It's great. You know me so well. <laughs> Jody, can you talk about that from a pest control perspective, though? Like, you used to walk around. Like, what does it mean when the baits stop working? Those are sort of our, our go to method of cockroach control, if we can talk about them as pests rather than superheroes. 
Well, yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> like they did reformulate so that they weren't averse. Like it was a big thing at the time, but there are so many different types of, of bait now. So they like they changed the sugar that was in it so that they weren't as much. Cool. Um, How does the bait work? Like, why do we use cockroach baits rather than stomping on them? So, you mean instead of like baseboard spraying? Yeah, instead of spraying wall to wall inside your house. What companies should do is use a bait. So a bait, and when I discuss this, I always try to make it relatable. So you have to really know what you're trying to kill in order to use a bait. So it has to be attractive and it needs to be palatable and something that you're going to share with your friends. So, you know, to each of you, what would be the perfect bait for you if you had to eat something that was toxic, right? Like I'm not going to eat corn on the cob and that's not going to kill me because I don't like getting that in my teeth. So it doesn't matter how good that toxic bait is. I'm not going to eat it. You're not going to kill me that way. You might be able to kill me with like a French fries and bourbon, maybe some poutine. (laughs) For sure, I would die. Really, you're killing yourself at that point, aren't you? I mean, <laughs> poutine and bourbon. I want to go die with Jody. I'm, I'm in it for the poutine and the bourbon. Jody's going out in style. Yeah. I think mine would be scotch and um, probably real good New York pizza. I could do that. But also French fries wow. are very tempting. <laughs> very, very tempting. That's a complex bait I, matrix. <laughs> I, I really like... Uh, we call them Jojos, but they're probably properly known as potato wedges. I like those a lot. I like jalapeno poppers. You could probably kill me with a jalapeno popper. Yeah. I think if there was Anything a nice dish of salsa that was that was poisoned and sitting out with tortilla chips next to it, I would I would eat die. The whole thing. You'd play the game of like how many of these could I eat before? It yeah, me? there is a threshold. I can do it. I can stop when I want to stop. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. I play that game with I'm allergic to citrus and so uh I I can eat pineapple but only a little bit and so I'll often play the game of like how many pineapple bites can I eat before it starts to kill me yeah so anyway that is like not the idea of bait right because then especially like well I think you know Kelly and I would definitely be not well so because it would be be like hey you got to try this and then you know so that's what the bait is so if I were the cockroach I would go try the bait like they're not necessarily like social, but they do aggregate together and live in the same kind of harborage. So you bring it back and you feed it to the nymphs. You kind of feed it to each other. Cockroaches are also as amazing as they are. They're also gross in the way that they will eat each other's like saliva, eat each other's poop, all that other stuff. And so that toxic of the bait will get circulated in that population and then they'll eventually die. So that way there's less, you know, bait available in areas that cockroaches aren't hanging out and there's not like a broadcast spray for non-targets, humans, pets to get in contact with. So it's very um, targeted for that cockroach. That's why it's the most effective and targeted for that specific pest. So that's why also knowing your roach and where they're going to be hiding is what you need. Because if you put it in the kitchen, if you had brown banded roaches, you know, in your phone or in the motor or <laughs> in something. Your, in your PS5. Yeah, yeah, the PS5 or in your you know, computer, then, you know, that's not going to help. So, you know, 
but French fries and bourbon, you know, you know, if you put that there, people are going to, you know, so it's targeted to those specific grudges. <laughs> Very cool. And we do have to suppress them um, in some situations. I mean, obviously you don't want them in your home or you don't want them in your apartment, but on a large scale, like we're talking about systemic issues, right? Like uh, asthma and allergies are on the rise mm-hmm. amongst people who live in multifamily, multi-unit housing, uh, especially ones that have large cockroach populations because people become sensitized to like cockroach dander and like exoskeleton bits and things that float through the air. And so the baits are our best way at getting at these like huge groups of cockroaches, I guess, and getting rid of them and helping people's health. Yeah, you can reduce the population really quickly. And I think you have to have like a 95% decrease in order to get that population. Otherwise, they just... Um, I guess rebound, but yeah, a very mm-hmm. serious pass. They're very hardy, very hardy. Yeah. So wait, oh, I hold up. If okay, so I know that there's an acceptable threshold of cockroach allowed in like chocolate. If you got this cockroach sensitivity, could you essentially become allergic to chocolate because there's enough cockroach bits? Oh, that there's enough cockroach bits in it, or do you think it could you couldn't get that sensitive to it? The threshold should be pretty low for that. I mean, it's, like if you're getting I mean, that I'm many, doing... you have a problem. <laughs> That's true. Maybe you're eating a lot of chocolate. You don't know. I would be worried at that point about basically touching any packaged food mm-hmm. because there would yeah. be conceivably cockroach bits hanging out on any packaging and that kind of surface stuff. Oh, Maybe this true. chocolate mm-hmm. would just be spicy. Isn't that how people describe <laughs> things they're allergic to? Like, oh, these bananas are like, spicy. And then you tingly, realize, I think. yeah, I need yeah, to go to a yeah. doctor. Yeah, <laughs> this banana was more zesty <laughs> yeah. than I was anticipating. <laughs> Is that what happened with you and citrus? <laughs> uh, yeah, because my citrus allergy uh, ex- like escalated over years. I was only a uh-huh. little bit allergic as a kid, and I like I couldn't use orange soaps. And now, as an adult, I I get like yes, it's the throatsies and the not goods. <laughs> I appreciate the the term throatsies. <laughs> be too dramatic on the podcast i I like it i get the grass pokies i'm allergic to grass if i touch grass Mm. too much i get hives all over the place so throat season is very apt so i guess no one can tell you to go outside and touch grass yeah go touch grass i I was a turf grass entomologist for as a grad student so it was a great chosen career just like you as a mosquito ecologist (laughs) so the if you look over in the side chat here there's an immigrer link and uh Again, I tried not to make it just Danny DeVito, but there was some severe Danny DeVito. I can hear him. He's a trash man. <laughs> That's cool. It's um, amazing. I like that you got the wings on the back. And the baby has yeah. antenna? Well, you know. Oh, yeah. That's a great little bit. Yeah. The goggles are great. The goggles are A little so bit of Blue good. Beetle in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Derek said to put a McDonald's logo on that on the bag yeah i didn't want to get us in trouble so i'm interested that you guys would know that it was a mcdonald's bag long sexy antenna (laughs) i can't wait to see him colored in he's got a hoagie yeah i hope to make him different shades of brown we've done two trashy uh bug characters in a row but we gave one a lot more respect than the other (laughs) Dung beetle's like a proper hero, and here's cockroach. 
a trash man. Uh, that is a proper hero. I yeah. Think. <laughs> he would hang out with D-Man if have... he was in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, he had a strong Plastic Man vibe for me. As oh, yeah. As, like, no, I... What he's up to. <laughs> yeah. He's indestructible. He's irreverent. He's a trash man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a scat man. That's what I keep thinking. <laughs> <laughs> He's a scat man. <laughs> and uh, a little double entendre with the scat man, too. Oh, you know, nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I can't wait to see it fully colored in Amanda. That's going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well done. That's always. always my hope is to really push the limits of ridiculousness. What is so a superhero? I, what is a superhero, really? What a ridiculous. It's a, I mean, if you really break down the tropes of superhero dumb, it's pretty ridiculous. That being said, the new Superman is good, and you should watch it. All right, Derek is shouting at us to do legs in a Discord. And if okay, this okay. Little, something pops up on my screen one more time, I will, I will hurt Derek <laughs> on the other side of the country. <laughs> You're gonna so be he, here in a month, and you can just uh, that get was for all the <laughs> all the legs. So we usually, at the end of the episode, choose how many legs would we give our bug hero, zero out of six, or our bug in general. How would you rate the cockroach? Amanda, do you want to lead? Oh, I don't know. So if you got rid of all cockroaches, we would die, is what I'm hearing. But if we died, cockroaches would be fine. So high rating. I'm going to say... I want to say five out of six legs because they're they're not useful to me in a uh, immediate sense, but they are useful to me. So they, they lose a leg. A, they lose a leg for not being immediately useful to me. I am ADHD. I like the reward right now, baby. <laughs> um, but but dead useful, you know, they're what's, and, what's and being indestructible and eating cockroach? anything. I think the being able to squeeze through any little any little sliver of space is very cool that you you can't you can't keep them out all you can do is be unappealing and hope that they don't notice you (laughs) um jody how are you feeling well i i feel the same way as amanda i feel like they are very superhero-y but i mean do you ever give a perfect score that's my problem Mm, we we have given perfect scores uh i don't remember on what though I think we gave Dung Beetle six out of six because he surprised us so much by being cool when we weren't expecting him to be. Uh, so I pulled up the ratings. Japanese honeybees got six out of six. Hmm. Uh, mosquitoes yes, got six out of six from one of the hosts. I'll let you guess which one. <laughs> Death's head hawk moth got six out of six. Earwigs got a six out of six. Okay, well, I would probably give it a six out of six. It, I just didn't know if it was like a pain scale. Like I'm never going to do the whole right. Because there can always be more pain, but I didn't know. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, we occasionally we're we're generally pretty generous. We're usually a four to five range, unless you're a pretty. You have to be an emerald ash borer to get real low. <laughs> <laughs> Very harmful, but even they're beautiful, so they get they get mm, points for true. that. Oh, si- silverfish! I think got two. <laughs> oh, being oh, bitey little, little jerks. <laughs> a terrigus. Oh, those tiny little cuties. <laughs> My problem is I think they're all cute. So no matter what, they always Mm -hmm. get a couple points for me on cuteness. Uh, Mike, what do you think? 
I gotta. I think I'm gonna go four out of six. Mm. Explain uh, listening. I really like native cockroach species, like Parkablata, are some of my favorite. Even though they're kind of bland looking, uh, I just love the idea that like I go out in the woods here and there's a bunch of cockroaches. It gets really cool, and some of the tropical ones are real pretty. But man, pest species are real obnoxious, and the fact that like. Some termites are cool, but also pest termites, especially when you get into like drywood termites down south. Uh, that's real frustrating, and they make us spray a bunch of pesticides that we wouldn't have to otherwise. So I'm gonna knock them down a couple pegs for, for the the pest species being annoying. That's fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. And John, I guess I'll piggyback off what Mike said, and I'll I'll do five out of six because, like, if we're doing this superhero work wise, I would imagine that Cockroach Man here has a like a shadow version of himself that looks basically identical that causes asthma in kids and <laughs> eats the food out of people's homes and spreads germs while he's trying to like clean up things and make uh, you know be more like a german or a, a wood roach perhaps uh so we gotta take the good with the bad but i think that it's like the the baseline insect in a lot of ways like the legs the antenna there's nothing spectacular about a roach but they put it all together in this amazing way to become a tank, like an impervious, mm. uncrushable, unradioactivable <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, uh, non-irradiated thing. Or maybe that would be a better way of putting it. Use actual <laughs> English. Uh, it's, I, they're just, they're unstoppable machines. They're really neat. And nice. it would make a cool superhero. Yeah. Maybe on the Harley Quinn show. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'd fit in well in the Harley Quinn show. This little dude here. That are, I, I kind of picture a roach hero in The Watchmen. Oh, yeah. 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 You could fit yeah. in really well in the Watchmen. You could really swap out Rorschach for <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. maybe. <laughs> Imagine you change nothing about Watchmen <laughs> except for Danny DeVito plays Rorschach. <laughs> you guys are all idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you see, Manhattan Man? They've got you by your blue balls. <laughs> I'm not anyway, locked sorry. in with them. They're locked in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> A little. <laughs> I want this now. Someone, someone, someone with better editing skills than we do that. Um, I think I would probably also give the roach. I think a four out of six is reasonable. If I could give a half a leg, like just Which, that, that uh, first. If just you were to see a bug with half a leg, I think cockroach is high on that list. Yeah, four and a half for its survivability. It's ingenuity with squeezing and, and all the different places they can live and the huge variation in, in cockroach species they're cool but um again i'm always biased because all bugs are cool in their own way <laughs> all right um if you guys want to let a let everyone know where we can follow you obviously arthropod podcast everyone should listen to are there other things I'm actually really intrigued that we got to do this leg thing last uh, because we just did insect legs on an episode that'll be probably oh. released contemporaneously with this. Uh, so if you want to check out our podcast, we're arthro-pod.blogspot.com. The show is also um, on all your favorite podcatcher apps, just arthro-pod. If you forget the dash, you can't find us, unfortunately. Do you it's, like, it's like the hyphen in Spider-Man. It's exactly like the hyphen in Spider-Man. Thank you very much for understanding my pain. I can hear that you guys aren't saying the hyphen. <laughs> Do you guys have social media accounts you want to plug at all? Or 
Sure, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at least, or X or whatever it is until that it's website. Twitter. It's Twitter. Yeah. How dare you? Don't I'm on there. Win. <laughs> uh, until the website dies. Yeah. Uh, Which is whenever that quickly, happens. quickly yeah. happening. Um, but I'm there at mscavarla36. Uh, I'm also on Blue Sky now. I'm trying to build that up uh, at Napoleonic Ento. So I changed handles, uh, trying mm-hmm. to come up with something a little more creative. I'll have to find you. I'm also on Blue Sky now, finally. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, send me a link, Kelly, when you get the chance. I'll when send you get you a the, link. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a code, an extra code for you. Thank you. Um, I'm on Twitter at Jody Bugs Me UNL, but I haven't been able to tweet much because I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> get you need like those jewelers loops, you know, where they have like the really long ones, <laughs> and then you can, you can type with those. I'm also on Twitter. I'm at Bugman John, and uh, my departmental Facebook page is Kentucky Bugs. If you're all still on Facebook, so those are places to find me. Awesome, guys! Thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast. This was very fun. It's nice to very see fun. the faces associated with a podcast that I listen to too. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Bugs Need Heroes is created by Derek Conrad and Kelly Zimmerman, hosted by Amanda Allen Nide and Kelly Zimmerman. Bugs Need Heroes is produced and edited by Derek Conrad. Our music is Ladybug Castle by Roll Music. All character art by Amanda Allen Nide. Got a bug question? Email us at bugsneedheroes at gmail.com. Check us out on bugsneedheroes.com for the visual companion to our episodes with the artwork of the bug-related heroes. We also have an Instagram, Twitter, and subreddit under the Bugs Need Heroes name. Thanks for coming by. This is munchy and crunchy and I'm going to put it in my mouth. Cockroach.